Hey everybody, welcome to the You Were Born For This podcast with Father John Ricardo. That's me, I'm your host, Father John. I'm the Executive Director of Acts 29, where we talk about anything and everything related to transforming the church. And I'm here as usual with uh, my good friends and teammates, Nick and Mary. How are you guys doing today? Good morning, Father. Yeah, good morning. It's great to um, to just be back in studio after last week's uh, episode of the Deacon Steve Mitchell. At 10 o'clock at night in o'clock Denver, On the road Colorado. in Denver. The audio cut was a little rough, so but thanks for your patience to all of our listeners out there. Yeah, a little more real, a little nice bit well rested today. <laughs> so Nick, what's our topic? Yeah, today's topic is what one man or woman can do. Mm. So what's what each one of us is capable of, um, even though sometimes we don't think of ourselves as capable of very much. But Father, as usual, will you pray us into this? Yeah, let's do it. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to be together right now. We just want to thank you for uh, your desire to get your world back and for all the the many ways in which you inspire and uh, motivate us to be agents of transformation and recreation in your hands. Lord, we ask for an outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon every person listening right now, that we would be encouraged, filled with hope, that you would give us inspirations as to what it is that you're calling us to do, to cooperate with you. And we ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Maybe, guys, I can throw it to you. You know, oftentimes we talk about our name, right? We're Acts 29, but we actually have a formal name, right? What's the formal name? Yeah, Father. So um, our formal name is Acts 29, mobilizing for a mission. That's what we want to talk about today. There's an image for that, too, that we use sometimes, right? What's that image? (laughs) I keep wanting to laugh about this image. It's a great (laughs) image, but I keep wanting to laugh. So it's it's, um, the image is a slingshot, right? I played with those when I was a kid. And, I still um, play with them. Come on. You, you do? No. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Relax. I don't do it. <laughs> so the image is um, a, a slingshot, and, and we like to think of ourselves as um, a slingshot kind of launching people into mission. But the reality is it's, it's God. He's the one that's the slingshot. And um, he's just waiting and pleading for us to put ourselves, if you will, in the pouch <laughs> and to let us launch. And he's got, like, amazing surgical tubing, and he is just pulling it back and ready to let it go, right? But he does. He just wants to let us fly. And uh, I think for me, for all of us, right, we're reading the news right now with every single, not just every day, it's like every hour, the yeah. urgency of the moment the urgency of the need for the disciple of Jesus to step into the situation only increases, right? We're seeing, uh, you know, increased unrest, increased anxiety, you know, the whole situation after the passing of uh, Chief Justice Ginsburg, uh, the election as it gets closer and closer. If disciples don't step into this space with truth, with charity, with goodness, with beauty, if we don't do what it is that God's Mm -hmm. inspiring us to do, uh, then we're going to be in a, in a whole world of hurt, right? Right. We're missing a ripe opportunity if we continue to opt out and to be bystanders and spectators. That's just no longer an option for us. Yeah. And the world's, the world's waiting for us to do this, even if they don't know it, or even if they say, no, please don't do this, right? I mean, the truth is that the gospel of Jesus Christ makes life better, right? Mm-hmm. It does. Human. It does. And, and, you know, and just talking about that for a moment, this the Catholic Church coming under attack, I mean... Uh, Satan loves to disguise himself as a sheep, right? I mean, that whole like wolf in sheep's clothing kind of thing. I mean, Mm -hmm. he wants to hide. He wants to sneak up on us. 
so, but if we're alert as disciples, if we're, if we're on mission, if we're really looking with that biblical lens and that Catholic lens, we can see him clearly trying to sneak in and, and, and divide the flock mm-hmm. and to um, suddenly kind of what would feel like pull the rug out from under us. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, Catholics are only further persecuted, right. only further in the crosshairs. Yeah, so we just want to encourage everybody, like, even now, as we're talking, like, just keep listening. Lord, what are you saying to me right now? We'll get to that at the end, but what are you saying to me right now? What's my role in all this? And, and we're, we're, you know, we're always trying to recommend people to read things. Um, people shoot me for that sometimes or say they want to, uh, like, I don't get any money from Amazon for all this, but uh, we send people to, to buy books all the time. But there's a great great, great document, right? Which might be, at least in my mind, I don't know about you guys, the single best thing I've ever seen written from any bishop, not just in our country, but anywhere in the world, quite frankly. Uh, He just happens to be our own archbishop, uh, Alan Vigneron, who wrote uh, a great pastoral letter called Unleash the Gospel, which came at the conclusion of uh, a synod that we did here on the New Evangelization in the Archdiocese of Detroit back in 2016. And so we go back to this frequently. In fact, the, the, the name or the, the expression mobilizing for mission. Comes from that document. For that yep. matter, so does Acts yep. 29. But, uh, <laughs> I mean, we just copy and steal everything, right? <laughs> we do. We do. And, and just, just to build on that for a quick second, I mean, this document, um, I can't speak for any other bishop and any other document written, but this one in particular, because we got to be a part of the process, mm-hmm. was just saturated from the very beginning with prayer. Yep. I mean, the, the, the goal of this whole thing wasn't to write a document initially, right? But the Holy Spirit brought that document mm-hmm. through, through tremendous prayer and tremendous, mm-hmm. tremendous work. So anyway, that, I just wanted to say that. Like that, that document is just soaked in the Spirit. It's anointed, and I can't tell you, when I was uh, still serving in the parish, how many, how many times I recommended to pastors and their teams, if you want to read one thing right now, this is what you need to read. So tell them how to find it. And our copies are dog-eared, so you can actually find it online by just um, going to your browser and typing in unleashthegospel.org. That's unleashthegospel.org. You can download it in color or in a printable format, and it's rich, and you will you will dog-ear it and highlight it and underline it. Yeah, so I'm a Catholic priest, so I can say this, right? Church documents are really usually dry and oh, boring, yeah. right? Or they're really lofty and impractical. Right. This is both amazingly profound, um, very prayerful, and very practical about how we can go and be agents of transformation, right? And one of the, one of the sections that he's got, he has these guideposts, mm-hmm. right? And so one of the guideposts is simply entitled No Bystanders, which mm-hmm. is very much what we want to talk about today. And in it, he says, uh, Christ calls every priest, deacon, religious, and layperson, he says in the archdiocese, we'd say in the church throughout the world, to embark upon the new evangelization, to employ new methods and a new fervor in unleashing the gospel. The new evangelization calls for personal involvement on the part of each of the baptized. And then he goes on to highlight the unique role of the lay faithful, which is probably most of the people who listen to us, right? So the special calling and privilege of the lay faithful is to bring Christ into the secular world. The role is to transform, or we would say recreate, mm-hmm. every aspect of the culture through the gospel, family life, education, government, business, the media, entertainment, sports, science, the arts. They do so, the lay faithful, by engaging in temporal affairs 
in ordering them according to the plan of God and by revealing Christ by word to those around them. And he goes on to say, this is an essential aspect of the church's mission, that, that the lay faithful, we often have it backwards, right? Oftentimes we're thinking, well, isn't it the priest's job to do that or the bishop's job to do that? But it belongs in a unique way, a privileged way, the archbishop reminds us, to the layman and woman uh, to be an agent of transformation in the secular world, because that's the world that you're a part of, right? Yeah, it's our job. I mean, point blank, like that that's our job, you know? We, we, the bishop is not going to be able to reach all those sectors. The priest is not going to reach all those sectors. That is our, that is our responsibility. And so if you're hearing this and you fall into any of those categories, which I think is pretty comprehensive, (laughs) (laughs) then you, you have to, you have to go and order your unique um, sphere of influence. Right. You know? So we're trying right now to put you into the slingshot. We want to mobilize you. For <laughs> that mission, slingshot right? has your name on it. it put does. me in the pouch. Just jump put in me the, in the pouch. pouch and let the <laughs> Lord launch you. Right. Yeah. So you 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 quote uh, John Wimber. Oh, I love John. Passed away now, but what's John the quote Wimber. he uses all the time? Yeah, he he said um, he had this great phrase. Uh, he said. Um, Everyone gets to play. Hmm. And it was his goal uh, to create opportunities for like normal people like you and me to do extraordinary things. I mean, that sounds like some of the saints of the church. Uh, St. Catherine of Siena is known to have said, like, be who you are and you will set the world on fire. He wants to use each and every one of us, right? That call is for all of us. Yeah, whatever platform you got, whatever your vocation is. Yep. I, might, I might just, if I can, put in a very special word. Some people might be listening to us who are, uh, maybe you're homebound, maybe you're in a hospital, maybe you're sick, and you're thinking, what can I do? And uh, I would actually utter a special plea to you to see your role as mm-hmm. most essential in this because no one's prayers are more powerful than the prayers of somebody who's suffering Mm -hmm. because Jesus redeemed the world by his suffering, by Mm -hmm. his cross, right? And so when we suffer, we can either, you know, do what I do, which is just complain, (laughs) uh, or we can unite what we're going through to the cross of Jesus and say, Lord, I'm, I, I trust that what I'm going through right now is no more in vain than what you went through right. when you were hanging on the cross on that Friday that we call good, right? right? If we'd been there that day and we saw Jesus hanging on the cross, we would have said, huh, what's going to come of this? Right. Well, the redemption of the world came from that. The destruction of sin and death came from that. The binding of the strong man came from that. So for those of you who are listening who've, who can't get out, please know that your role is you're real like you're like the elite armed forces in this battle uh, to bring the gospel and truth and goodness out into the world. So you got a key part in this. Mm, as you say that, it makes me think about if Jesus could use five loaves and two fish mm-hmm. of a little boy and feed thousands. Mm-hmm. How much more can he do with yeah. your, your your particularly de- debilitating circumstances? Right. Yeah. That's right. And, and, you know, as a priest, you know, like I, I, visiting the sick or, or people who are dying, I, I try to remind them of this over and over again. And oftentimes I'll walk in, give them prayer intentions, mm-hmm. and you'll just see them go from a state of feeling useless mm-hmm. to, oh, my gosh, I have meaning again right now. Mm-hmm. I remember a friend of mine, he used to do retreats for uh, Mother Teresa, and he was with Mother Teresa one time. This was back in the 90s, I think, and she walked into a hospital, and she, there were two guys there, and she looked at one, she says, you take China, and she points to the <laughs> other and says, you take Russia. 
And they're like, okay, I guess I'm in for it, you know? So, like, don't waste your suffering. what you're going through. So we, can, we all got a role. There's no bystanders. Everybody get in the game. Everybody gets to play, right? <laughs> if you're hearing this, take America. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Go for right. it. You Today. Know? <laughs> right. So we want to talk about one really concrete example of what one woman can do and how God can, if we'll jump into the pouch uh, and let him propel us, how something can just take off, right? And, and the woman's you, Mary, mm-hmm. in a particular way. It's a recent event. It's uh, the National Day of Prayer and Fasting, which was last Thursday, September 24th. Mm-hmm. And this all just came from from you. I mean, like, so we just, Nick and I really want to honor you in a particular mm-hmm. way. You came to us and said back in July, hey, nobody's calling the country to pray and fast. Uh, maybe you guys are watching the news, but some things are happening and maybe we should Maybe we should do that, and maybe we should call people to do that. And my response was, nah, I don't think we need that. I don't want to do that. And you were right, as always. And uh, so you, Nick, and I, so you had the inspiration. You, you took the time to be listening to the Lord, right? So you're praying. You're listening to the Lord. The Lord puts this inspiration in you. You, t- you had the guts. Uh, you could have just sat on that. You could have gone, that's a stupid idea. You know, like, maybe I'll just do that. Maybe I'll pray and fast for the country. Maybe I'll call a couple of friends and ask them to do it. But you didn't do that. You brought it to Nick and to myself, and we made a podcast, right? That's right. And so we, we, we create a podcast. The podcast kind of goes out. There's a little bit of traction. Then Steve Mitchell on our team, Steve calls a friend of his, John Riley, who's a member of the State House of Representatives here in Michigan. John Riley could have said, great idea. I'll join you guys. But he didn't. He said, great idea. I'm going to use my sphere of influence to try to do something with that. Mm. His sphere of influence happens to be the State House of Representatives and for the state ever. of Michigan. Right. And so because of John Riley, because of Steve Mitchell reaching out to John Riley, because of you sharing an inspiration with us, John Riley brings to the floor at the state of Michigan a resolution for the entire state of Michigan to observe on September 24th a national day of prayer and fasting, and it passed, right, in a bipartisan vote (laughs) that the whole state of Michigan observed last Thursday this national day of prayer and fasting. And then he reached out to another entity called One Nation Under God, I believe, and invited them. He sent flyers out to 3,600 churches across the state to join in. Right. That's massive. Right. Only yeah. God can do that. Only right? God, right? Yeah. Only God. Just, it just, it just like the ball started rolling, all because of Mary's text, all because of this initi- initiative on, 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 on Mary's part, and then a, a bishop started getting involved, right? Mm. One particular bishop sent this out to all the bishops. Bishops are starting to hear about it. We're starting to email some of the bishops we have a relationship with. Bishops are starting to call their diocese to do this, right? The ball just keeps rolling. I had a dinner with a friend of mine, a dear brother named Mike. He's a general manager of a television station, and he says, man, that's an awesome idea. He says, uh, you know, maybe we can, uh, we, we got to get that out. I mean, they're all news stations, many anyway, not all, but many, are looking to run some good news as well. And so uh, we did a story here on, a, on one of our um, major uh, local affiliates of uh, ABC and uh, just had a story that went out. And so he took his role, got me in touch with one of the reporters. We did a, she did a 
beautiful job putting this story together, mm -hmm. letting people know in our own local community here in Detroit about what was going on. And then it goes more, right? Yeah, so, and then I just want to give a shout out, if I can, to one of my dear sisters in the Lord, Steph Getz. And so she took the- Love you, Steph. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, you are so precious to us. So she just sent me this, uh, this uh, spreadsheet of everyone that she reached out to, from principals to coaches to teachers to, um, to bishops to pastors. Um, she actually sent out the initiative to the crew of The Chosen. Awesome. And we talk, we've talked about The Chosen here. She sent it out to all kinds of apostolates, Pauline Books and Media, Sisters of Mercy of America. Um, and the list goes on and on and on. Talk about what one woman can do. And is gathering right now, or I gathered rather last uh, Thursday, with 100 women in our parish just to pray and fast for right. our nation. And then we had uh, one of the women on our board, she heard the radio or the TV interview. She reached out and said, hey, what if you got on to, you know, uh, WJR with Paul W. Smith, who happens to be one of our local uh, personalities here in Detroit, just a really beloved man. Um, on WJR is one of the largest radio stations in the country and says, uh, maybe I can get you on. I'm like, go for it. So boom, we did a little radio interview that morning, got the word out a little bit more, right? It just keeps growing and growing and growing. And then there's Claire O'Reilly. Another shout out to a beautiful sister who's a, uh, a gifted iconographer, excuse me, and put together a beautiful prayer card. So that's being sent to right, various so dioceses. She says, I want to help. Yeah. I want to do what can my I do? Part. I what have can my I do? own gifts. I can draw. I can create. I can help spread this in my own way, right? Catholic radio stations. You know, we had some friends of ours because of the work we do with Catholic radio, you know, either their owners or general managers or personalities on air hosts. Yeah. They got involved and said, we want to spread the word. How can we do this? Right. So it just keeps going and going and going. We had some school principals, right, who reached out and said, our school in different parts of the country, we're observing this day yeah. with our kids. We're going off to pray the rosary. We're going to teach them about what Abraham Lincoln did during the Civil War, how he called the country to pray and to That's fast. Beautiful. Cross-country teams are praying a running rosary for crying out loud. Football yep. teams. I sent a friend of mine who's a major college football coach. Let him know about this. I'm like... Hey, bro, just want to let you know, Jim, this is happening. Yeah. And I'd uh, love to have you involved. He's like, great, we need this, right? I'm in. Right. right. So you're talking about schools, churches, secular institutes, all across the nation, jumping on this movement mm -hmm. to pray and fast last Thursday. And it's all because, Mary, you felt inspired and you mm -hmm. acted on it mm -hmm. and sent out a text. Yeah. And then all these other people started to cooperate in their own spheres, right? This movement of the spirit. It's just amazing how it's happened. I mean, and, and the consistent theme, at least in the Catholic Church, has been masses, holy hours, days of adoration, mm -hmm. uh, rosaries, divine mercies at three o'clock in a particular way. Mm -hmm. um, Father John, when that, when, that, when that happened, it made me think about one of the, at least once I heard you say, like, wouldn't it be great if we could all hear our collective mm -hmm. knees hit the ground right. at three o'clock? That happened. That's right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and it, again, this is, this is all because someone chose to act on an inspiration, right? The, I think the devil's constant lie to us is, you can't make a difference. Mm -hmm. You're just a puny little individual in a world that's on its way to hell, right? And there's six billion, seven billion people on the planet, 
What can you possibly do? Just shut up and take it. When in fact, God's saying, no, jump in the pouch and let, let me, me launch, launch you, you. <laughs> right? Let me mobilize you for mission. And that's what you let him do. And it's because of that, that people all around the country, and in fact, uh, in various parts of the world, heard about this and got involved. Yeah, so think about your, like, quote, small role, right? Because that's usually how we think of ourselves. I have this little small role. What can I do? Satan's saying to you, also, are you going to give up? Mm. Aren't you? Mm. When are you going to give up? I'm not going to stop. So think about your small role right now. Maybe you're a mom or a dad, a, a priest, a politician. Maybe you work in blue collar or white collar work of some sort. Um, there's so many things you, you could be doing. But so you're a mom and dad, and you don't really feel like your influence is great. Maybe you're raising the next St. John Paul II. Mm. Maybe, you're, maybe you're a grandparent just terrified that a, a grandchild's away from the church right now. Mm. Maybe they're the next St. Augustine, and it's your influence, and it's your preaching of the gospel that brings them back. There, there's just, just, just that alone is, is worth it. Or maybe it's a person at work, actually someone you can't stand that you just continue to pour love into. And one day, maybe not, maybe not even on this side of, the, of heaven, if you will, you don't even know, you influence them mm-hmm. to make tremendous change, to influence thousands and millions of others. You just don't know how God's going to use you. But the key is to do what Mary did. And it's just to say yes, to say yes to the simplest promptings of the Spirit because it's through that obedience that God, that God can do mighty things. I, this quote of um, St. Padre Pio, whose feast day was last week, right? Right. This is what he says. He says this, If the soul would know the merit which one acquires in the temptations suffered, in patience and conquered, it would be tempted to say, Lord, send me temptations. Mm. I mean, that's how powerful our actions, our life, even just the simple sufferings of the day are. And uh, we just can't underestimate what God wants to do through us. In and through us. And And the temptation is you can't make a difference. You're just an ordinary housewife, or you're just a little person in a big machine. You're not going to change it. It's a lie. Cast him to the foot of the cross. Tell Jesus to do with him whatever he wants, right? So one inspiration was acted on. It went viral. Here's the key right now. What is the Holy Spirit inspiring you to do right now? Pray about that. Think about that. Jump into the slingshot and let the Lord mobilize you for mission. And do not be afraid because God is with you and you were born for this. 